Hello and welcome to Rotobrits, a UK fantasy baseball podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt, and joining me, as ever, my co-host, Ryan Owen. Ryan, how are we? I'm good. So, um, Pete, I was watching a show earlier with Richard Osman, you know, his little House of Games thing that he's done on BBC Two, I believe. Very good show, quiz show. And the question was... Um, do you know what item um, baseball player Babe Ruth used to put under his cap in order to keep cool? Wowzers, that is... They did give some options, but you're a baseball fan, so I'm not going to give you any options. To keep cool? I mean... <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. You're never going to get it. I mean, you could, you could guess anything and, you know, t- take a guess. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna say. Uh, a, a, I don't even know a goldfish in a in <laughs> no, a bag. It's, it's not that ridiculous. He, he used to put a wet cabbage leaf underneath. Oh his... yeah, I said that. <laughs> I said that actually. Yeah. I'd say it. So and he would change it every few innings and sort of like make sure it was still wet and put it back in his cap and. How strange yeah. is that? Yeah. Mate, now, do you know what? It's one of them where if I'd have seen the options, I'd have got it. <laughs> Yeah. Because I've heard of that. But one Maybe of the options was like marbles or something. I thought, in what <laughs> world is he going to be playing a game of baseball with marbles in his hat? Hold on, <laughs> mate. I just said a goldfish. I know. That was... Yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous. Right, let's do our... like That's a good way to start the show. And I bet that a lot of the guys um, from Britain knew that anyway. They probably did. Right, so for those uh, for those who didn't know, because I haven't fully introduced this yet, we are here for part two of the outfields position previews, uh, and really, Ryan, we're just gonna we're gonna really focus in on sleepers and breakouts. So we're gonna we're gonna dig deep, mate. I'm gonna ask you to dig really deep, and just highlight a couple of guys that that you're you're excited about. I've got a couple as well that I that I'll maybe talk about, but um, they're all Marlins predominantly, so you know we'll we'll save them to the end. Um, but um, you know that's that's what we're going to cover off for this pod, um, and you know look for look for some value, look for some late round, uh, look you know some late round options. But equally, before we do that, I just wanted to maybe touch on some helium guys. That that's a term that you've been using. I, I like that, so I'm gonna. Going to use that moving forward, nice. and they're both they're both White Sox guys, mate. So I just wanted to get your take on on these two, and then we'll I'll let you get stuck into uh, the guys that you've got in mind. So primarily, it's the guys I'm talking about. It's Eloy and um, Luis Robert, um, both from the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Eloy was up uh, last season, and I would I don't know if you'd say it was a a great season. It was probably middle of the road, I guess, and, and, and Robert was going absolutely bonkers in in AAA or wherever he was playing. So, what's your thoughts on on those two in particular, mate? Um, there's things to build on for Eloy, and he's he's one of these guys that for me is quite hard to project accurately. Um, and Often when I find a guy that I can't project accurately, I find myself staying away from them because mm. uh, it just scares me. Um, I don't think his, his... Listen, he's scary. He did hit like 30-odd home runs last season. Um, 
Having said that, we don't know that the ball's going to be juiced again. Um, few too many ground balls, 48% ground balls, not, not great contact. So I'm not sure that the average will come along. Not great hard contact, actually. So some of the underlying stats weren't fantastic for Eloy last year. But what we do know is that this is a this is a serious baseball player. This is um this is a guy that if he does start hitting a few more high um, fly balls, then watch out because it, it is 40 plus home run power that he has. And uh, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if he hit 280 and hit 40 home runs, but I, I personally can't project him for that. Um, and so without any speed, that just keeps him a, probably a little too low in my ranks to be taking him. Yep. And, and Robert, he's going, what, a couple of rounds after. So, you know, there's obviously, well, he hasn't been up at the bigs at all yet. So it's not clear how he'll perform. But have you got him going, what, 20 picks later, maybe? maybe a bit more than that, maybe? Yeah, that, um, maybe there's a little more value in that for a reason. Because he's also quite hard to project, but he has, his power isn't as good as Eloy's, but he has a lot more speed. Um so while his walk to K rate isn't great, um, there's a lot of upside with him. So if you're getting him cheaper, then may- maybe that's someone that I would get more than Jimenez kind of thing. Um, just yeah. just because just there's a bit more uh, room for profit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he he's a he's a guy that you know is kind of likely to go 2020 really without a great batting average. So yeah, obviously he's someone to keep an eye on. Yeah. Luis Robert or ooh, Eddie Rosario? Rosario. Oh, good. Interesting. Robert or Marcelo Zuna? Um, probably Robert at that point. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Robert or Tommy Pham? Uh, oh pretty close probably robert yeah well thank you guys i've been adam azer and we will be back <laughs> next week <laughs> i'm going to stop using that from now on um <laughs> all right mate cool I, I just thought they're interesting guys to have a have a talk about because they're both young the white Sox are really interested this year um him and looks like you know he could he could kick on and go up a group let's say go up a tier robert could do the same, <laughs> in in all honesty. I mean, well, here's a, here's one for you, mate. You know, when you look at Robert or and, and and Robles, do they profile in kind of similar ways, just with the speed upside and? Oh, that's an interesting one. Um, yeah, oh, that's an interesting question. Um, probably. Well, firstly, Robert's probably going to be hitting lower in the order than Robles, but then again, things do change, so I, I wouldn't put too much stock into that. Things do change. Um, yeah, I suppose they do. They do profile fairly similarly. Um, if anything, Robert's I think got more power potential than Robles. Um, mm. In terms of ups, I mean, it's a weird one, isn't it? In terms of upside. You'd probably say Robert's got more of it, if anything. Um, Across more categories, though, right? I think I think that's the thing with like Robles for me feels like we're proje- and we talked about it in the last the last part. Feels like we're we're projecting Robles because we know the speed's there and we feel like the speed could go up. That's mm-hmm. what's baked into his number. 
Yeah, that's probably true. Um, I think, again, the problem for me is it's so hard to actually project Robert um, because we haven't seen too much of it at the major league. Well, we haven't seen any of it at the major league level. So because we haven't seen him against major league pitching and we, we really don't, I mean, I mean, if we have concerns with, they are quite similar because we've got concerns with both of their batted ball profiles and their ability with pitch recognition and making contact, but they both have some power and some speed. So they are quite similar, but I would probably have to say that Robles is a little further along and he's easier to project because we've at least seen him at the major league level. Does yeah. that, yeah. You know what I mean? Robert's quite aggressive at the plate as well. And I don't know. I don't think it's going to be like plain sailing for him in the same way it hasn't been plain sailing for Robles. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that it may not be plain sailing for the White Sox in general. They're going to be fun to watch, but I, I have a feeling they're, they're not going to be quite as good as maybe is <laughs> one in the same Anyone in the same division as Minnesota is going to struggle. We all know that. Yeah, true. I mean, you love that division this year anyway, so that's the only... Like, don't start telling everyone I love Detroit. I do um, I do love Detroit's um, young pitcher, Matt Manning. That's that's someone that I do adore. Now, he may come up at some point this season, and uh, he's one to watch. So that, there you go. But this is not a prospect pod, so let's move Park on. It. Park it, Ryan. Park it. I know. I know you're desperate for the prospect pods, and we, I will make that happen for you very, very soon. But Detroit will be good once more eventually. You know, it, this is a great thing about baseball. It doesn't. It doesn't just continue downwards forever. There, there will be a day where Detroit are good at baseball. Mm, I, I have a feeling they. You know, there could be a big rivalry coming with the, the Tigers and the Marlins in the future, mate. Could be. Could be big. You've always been a dreamer. Next, who's on next? <laughs> <laughs> right, moving on. Let's get into sleepers. Let's get into breakouts, mate. Let's, you know, you dig deep, mate. We've talked about the top tier. And in reality, with those guys, in many cases, you can't go wrong unless you you pick one of the one of the Yankees outfielders. But other than that, you know, there's... Yeah, there's... No, it's great advice. I'd easy. <laughs> Yeah, so there's like 25 top guys. Just don't take Stanton or Judge. And other than that, you'd be absolutely fine. There you go. There <laughs> you go. That's the analysis you're getting there. So, who, right, let's go into the second tier. You Next, you could mate. go wrong in this tier. We'll try and help you. But frankly, you know, what can we do? We're just going to do our best, can't we? We can. Right. So, mate, if you're if you're looking at things now and you're you know you're you're making a a late-ish round pick who's your favorite outfielder you're taking in those later rounds Ooh, yes um well i'm not going to talk about scott kingery because we've we've already discussed how much i like him i think he's a he's a great value um and he's outfield eligible as well um i like tommy edmund at St. Louis. Now, there's a bit of a... Well, he's, he's got multiple positions as well, right? Yes, um, he'll be at outfield and, like, second, at least, I would have thought. Um, so, okay. it just depends who you're with, like, fan tracks or wherever. But Edmonds, there's a bit of a whisper that he's going to be the super utility man for St. Louis. But just what does that look, mean? 
I don't know, but I think when 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 the word super gets put in front of it, I just think, oh god, that sounds better than any of the actual baseball positions. That sounds better than first, second, whatever. I think that means that he's going to basically play. So there's been a little bit of people backing away from him because they thought, God, he's going to be the utility man. That means he's not going to play. But I think when they put super in front of it, that means he's going to play every day, but it might be at second, it might be at third, it might be in the outfield. And so that's absolutely fine. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. Um, Makes really good fantasy though. Yeah, he, he makes really good contact, so his average is pretty safe. I, I mean, he hit over three. I'm not saying to expect that, but certainly will give you a reasonable average, even though he doesn't take too many walks. Um, and he might not be a great power guy, but he does have quite a lot of speed. Um, and I think they'll find a way to, you know, the Cardinals are smart. They generally are smart. They, they find a way to get the guys that are hot um, and performing towards the top of the lineup, I think that one way or another, Edmund's going to be there or thereabouts because um, I think he's a pretty good baseball player. So um, yeah, he's someone to to keep an eye on. I think. What What are you liking most about him? Is it the contact or the speed? For me, there's there's two obvious pluses with his game. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think where he's going, the speed's glorious, isn't it? Um, yeah, <laughs> glorious. <laughs> it's tasty. It's like, thanks very much. I'll, I'll have that in the 12th round or whatever. So thank you. Um, mm. And, you know, I think it's because he's not a very well-known prospect. He's called Tommy, and his last name is Edmund, which is a bit dull as well. Like, the name's dull, isn't it? Um, n- not Nothing against the guy, personally. I'm just saying, trying to, like, rationalise why why he's, like, considered not good, but Andrew Benintendi's considered, like, the best player since sliced bread, even though I'm not really seeing too much of a difference, other than the fact that Benintendi's got a great binary. So, th- they are very different players, but if we're talking about like standard leagues, I'm not sure that I think Edmund will probably steal more bases than Benintendi and, and Andrew will probably hit a few more dingers than Tommy. But really, if you're not in an on-base percentage league, I don't see too much difference between the two players. Yeah. Um, just, just while we're on the Cardinals, mate, I've got another player I just wanted to ask you about. He's another outfielder as well, but sure. um, Harrison Bader. Yeah. Just, he looked like uh, heading into 2019. To me, there looked a clear path to becoming a, I guess, an everyday outfielder for the Cardinals. I think that's what was expected, and then just really derailed for him. I think last year and wasn't to be. But how do you see it playing out for Bader, mate? Is there still hope, or is is that is his goose cooked? Uh, n- no, uh, I-, I think there is, a- he's interesting, I think there is actually still hope, hope, he's, um, he's not too dissimilar to Edmund, other than the fact that he makes terrible contact, um, doesn't make enough contact, so, um, his average is, is likely to be a lot lower than Edmund's, having said that, he does have some power, and he does have a little bit of speed, so, I don't, I don't think he's a bad sort of upside play later in drafts, to be honest. Um, you know, he, 
like you say, he was someone that people were quite keen on last season um, going into drafts. And then they have one really bad season and everyone's absolutely um, off him. Uh, and the risk was there last season with his batting average. He, he was not going to hit 260 again. Um, so I don't know what people were surprised about. Um, obviously, once a guy hits 210 or below, you're really devastated with the pick. But he's, like you say, still hit 17 home runs and stole 13 bases. So, yeah, there's some upside there, and you're basically going to get him for nothing in a lot of leagues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I really I like. Don't want to turn this into a, a team-specific podcast or anything, but mm. I'm intrigued about the Cardinals next year. I, I, I feel like they could be really bad. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like there's the there's potential. Are never really bad. I don't know if you noticed that. I know. That's it. They um, always they always find a way, don't they? I don't know. Yeah, this is it. It seems like despite everything, they, they find a way. Um I kinda know what you mean. There's some red flags, isn't there? It's not Cardinals pod, but like Dexter Fowler and Matt Carpenter yeah. are aging guys and it's like Bleh. But yeah, they'll be yeah. fine. They always yeah, find the a way. Leaders plod in. You know, there's just there's some things. Anyway, let's not let's not throw shade at the Cardinals. We're, we're all, we, you know, we're going to see them this year, right? You know, we got to be we got to be hyping the Cardinals so they they invite us into their press box and and give us free champagne for the afternoon. So, yeah, go Cards. Um, <laughs> right. So we've talked about uh, well a couple of Cardinals there, and who else? Who else beyond uh, Tommy Edmund has um... has caught your eye, mate? Well, it would be it would be harsh not to discuss um, JD Davis after we, you know, <laughs> sort of mistakenly started to speak about him on the first outfielders pod. So let's discuss mm-hmm. um, Met JD Davis, who is a third baseman and an outfielder in most leagues. Um, he's pretty interesting. <laughs> he he is interesting because he um. He does hit quite a lot of ground balls at 47%, but his expected power numbers are pretty good despite that, which suggests to me that if he lofts the ball a little bit more, then the home runs could really sort of take the next step. And I think there's some serious power in his bat, and I don't think his average is going to be a disaster either based on the way that he plays. So Davis is someone to watch. Now, I I did briefly start to mention the other day that... um, there's been a bit of an injury scare with him in, in spring training. New York have phoned their resident doctors and, you know, they've told them that, oh, there's nothing to worry about. You know, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I am worried because uh, it's the Mets. Um, but if he does check out and he starts the season and you get in a li- you might get like a few rounds discount on that. Like, seriously, because I won't be the only one sat here saying I'm a bit worried. Um if he's healthy, I think you'll get loads of profit on JD Davis. Mm. Yeah, exactly. There was it, the name was definitely buzzy, and then the injury has has come, and there's some uncertainty. And so, you know, at, at this point in time, when we're drafting with uncertainty around a shoulder or whatever it may be, there's discount to be had, but equally. There's risk associated to it because you you don't you know at this point you don't quite know how it's going to play out. So, but it, it, let's take that injury away. Without that, I think the the opportunity, the capability, was you know was was on display last year. So 
looks a solid pick, I think, at that kind of, you know, in the latter rounds, let's say. I mean, he's only 27 as well, and uh, he's someone that the uh, the Astros had in the organization and seem to have let slip um, out by the net. The power's legit, I think, um, and he makes decent contact. So mm. are we looking at a guy that can hit at least 270 and sort of, you know, has upside, I think, for, upside for 30-plus homers if it all goes well for him and he gets every day at bats. So, um, yeah, I'd, I think he's someone to keep an eye on. Well, yeah. let me throw a name into the ring now, mate. And Please do. <laughs> that's that's your pool empty now. That's you done. Um, a name I want to talk about is Austin Riley. And when you talk about legit power, there is legit power there. And when you talk about strikeout and contact issues, they are there also. The guy burst onto the scene last year, absolutely tore it up, and then literally looked like he was like, well, to coin your phrase, you know, batting with a snooker cue at one point. <laughs> he, was, he was absolutely terrible. Um yeah. you know, after after that initial burst. There's no but... snooker player called Austin Riley though. You know what I mean? That that joke was told because of the name. <laughs> like no, your job is to find a famous Austin Riley or like even if you can't find an Austin Riley, what you have to do there is like Refer to him as like Mike Riley, who's like a football ref or something That's like that. Like, the... like, yeah, exactly. That's came so to my mind, you've yeah. got to like go with a referee pun or something. You know what I mean? You've got to get with the program. <laughs> okay, well, will he be shown the red card, the yellow card, or uh... <laughs> exactly? Because that's fine. Now, I would show him the yellow card for last season because it was a bit of a disaster, really. Um, but, um, I think there's serious upside. He's he's only young, and he is a guy that, yeah, there's contact issues, and he hits so many fly balls. Like, everything was a fly ball. Everything was there. And when you do that, not only are you striking out a ton, but you're, you're just asking for trouble because if they don't go out for a homer, it's an out, and that's going to hurt your average. So he's a guy that just, I think he just needs to calm down, uh, get to what he's good at, find find who he is, and the talent is there. And hopefully, hopefully, please, the Braves know that they should play this guy over, like, who do they even have it, like, Johan Camargo or something, like, please. I mean, as a Phillies fan, I hope they play Johan Camargo, um, but they should play Riley, and they should for our fantasy teams, because if he figures it out, that's a serious power bat, like, serious um, just don't expect to be getting a decent batting average with it. No, no, exactly. The the upside is absolutely obvious with him. I, I'm i going to take as much of him as I can get. Obviously, he played mostly in the outfield last year, but there's talk of him maybe trying to transition across the third base, I think, as well. Obviously, um, uh, Donaldson's gone now, so there's talk of that. And exactly. I guess that's that says they're trying to find a you know, a spot in the lineup for him. So, could be, could be 16 walks, though, and 108 strikeouts. So, that's what you're working with. Um, yeah. Yeah. There yeah needs to, he needs to, um, like I say, needs to adjust. But I, th- I think he can live in a like five to one range, just not like eight to one. Like, yeah. he's got to lower that ratio to be successful. Yeah. Right. Just one final thing on Austin Riley and snooker references 
can I can I just add that there's a, a well-known snooker hall chain across the whole of the UK <laughs> called called Riley's. <laughs> no, you can't. It's too late. <laughs> what have you been doing? Googling. <laughs> Oh, it just dawned on me as we were talking Unbelievable. about it. That's fantastic. You see, now, if you that's good, and I find that hilarious. If you'd got it straight away, like, if you'd have gone straight in with that, like, you would have, that would have been a gold medal, my friend. <laughs> oh, dear me. Right, wow. then. Yeah. Right, try and follow that one up, right? Give me give me your best shot. Well, you've already used a few of your, your, your best ones, but... You know, dig a little bit deeper, mate. Who else have you got in their super super utility roles other than John Birdie, who, you know, actually is a super utility as well. But anyway, let's move past that. Um, actually, some of the Miami guys probably will give you some value because no one, no one likes Corey Dickerson and no one likes Brian Anderson. And it's because, yeah, it's because they're on Miami. And that that's the truth of it. And um you know, maybe some of the sort of runs and RBIs are not going to be as good. Um, but as we all know, Miami is going to be a bit better this year, at the very least, you'd like to think. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, Dickerson makes decent contact and usually hits for a decent average and has some power and is probably going to hit cleanup for Miami, I assume. Is that right? Is he going to hit fourth? No, don't don't think he's projected at four. It, it's talking maybe three. Right. That, that's but, you know, with you know, Aguilar going to hit four, is he? Potentially Aguilar, if that works out, he'll he'll be in cleanup. Yeah, and and, and BA or uh, Brian Anderson will be in the two hole. I think and VR leading off. Think both, both of the guys that we've just mentioned there in the outfield are probably going to be high up in the lineup. Um, decent average, reasonable power at the very least. You know, I'm not projecting them for crazy power, but um, they're guys that you should keep an eye on as you get um later into drafts, especially if you're doing like four or five outfielders. Um. Because there's going to be a point where that's the sort of guy, um, sort of production that you're going to need, you know? Oh, agreed, mate. And just on the Marlins and without diving into it, you know, for forever, the the center field spot is kind of up for grabs. It's talking about VR starting off at center field. He's obviously not a center fielder. And you've then got Lewis Brinson, who's, you know, it's spring training. Lewis Brinson's hitting home runs. Of course. What no, else does he I do? I don't want Lewis Brinson, if that's what you're going to ask me. I'm not going to say Lewis Brinson, mate. But what I'm saying to you is there's also uh, Monte Harrison that is in the mix. He's mm-hmm. having a good spring, stole a bunch of bases already. But but without those kind of younger names or the names that you're going to openly disregard immediately, i.e. Lewis Brinson, and leave leave him to me anyways, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, the, name, the name that I think is under the radar, and he'll probably play right field. We'll see how it plays out, but he'll probably play right field as Garrett Cooper. And health concerns are there, but aside from that, late round opportunity, the power is is real, contact's okay. Uh, I, you know, I throw him in the mix. I mean, you know, again, this is like a five outfielder league, 15 teams, you know, Garrett Cooper definitely has value in my opinion. First base eligible also. So, you know, yeah, that's, yeah. You know, there's, there's a few outfielders coming, but the reality is that it's the next wave of Marlins that you're probably more interested in. Um, Jesus Sanchez, for example, and 
other guys. But yeah, down. that's fine. But the, you can say that the next guys are the ones you're going to be interested in, maybe. But you, the ones I'm interested in, are the ones that are going to play. I, you know, so not a prospect. And, 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 you know, if you're in a dynasty league, then we'll have a different conversation. But mm-hmm. um, sometimes that is something that happens where people get too excited. You know, oh, I'm gonna. I think this guy's going to be up by June, so I'm going to take him in the 13th round because he's a beast. And then, then what are you going to do when, when you have a few injuries and your IL spots are all burned up and you've got no bench spots left? I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to drop the guy. Yeah. And, and you're going to drop him because you need the spot. So, well, yeah, you've, I've drafted Judge. Of... <laughs> I've drafted Stanton. I've yeah, drafted you're... Sale. And instead, yeah, exactly. And so now that 13th round pick that you had these visions in June where you were going to like throw a barbecue because you got him in your lineup and he's just won your league and all that stuff that you envisioned when you were in your bed at night dreaming. Like, mm-hmm. actually, you you need to get rid of him. And not only do you need to get rid of him and pick up some piece of trash off the waiver wire because you've probably not done enough research on the waiver wire guys. On top of that, you didn't take the 13th round guy that you should have done. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you, Now you're, you're in a real bind. So yeah. how do you how do you like that for a, a rolling disaster of like disastrous picks and yeah, decisions? Well, so bad decisions can roll to bad decisions. Like try and be smart is kind of what I'm getting at. Like you've got to if if you really think they're great and you're getting a good value on them, fine. Like mm-hmm. but don't don't just look towards what could happen in the best scenario. Maybe if perhaps because I fancy it, like that's not the way it works. Try and think about what is happening and will happen and what helps you now. Okay, well, just to follow that up, mate, just talk me through this angel outfielder. I want to say Adele, but that's probably not how it's pronounced. I don't know, but Adele, <laughs> Adele, Joe Adele. Um, he looks to be beyond Robert. He looks to be the the kind of next highest projected outfielder that's that's maybe that maybe we'll see this year. What do you know about him? I mean, you know everything about the the, the upcoming prospects, mate. So I'm sure you know plenty. I know very little. So educate me, my man. Well, we're really rolling in the deep now. Okay, good. Well, how do you pronounce his name? Let's start with that. That's always a good point. Oh God, you didn't get the joke, did you? Okay, hopefully some of the listeners did. Um, oh. Oh, oh no, sorry. that's terrible. <laughs> Uh, um okay (laughs) joe adele um oh lord i'm not sure he makes great contact he's got a great power speed he's a he's a huge like prospect He, he he's great the power speed combo is great not sure his average will be great upon his first taste of the majors probably will be up fairly early justin upton is a joke he is a joke like don't, don't take Justin Upton. Like, it's done. <laughs> Those days are gone. It's it's not happening, in my opinion. Like, unless you want a 220 hitter that's going to maybe give you, like, 22 home runs, forget it. So he will be up, um, and he's one to target before you target, like, Monty Harrison or someone like that, because he is going to be up. And I don't think that... Um, I don't think that Joe Madden's going to hang around because I don't think that Joe Madden um, wants to be on a team that isn't trying its best to compete. Um, so I like the guy, but for me, 
someone there's always someone in the room that that gets the summer barbecue ideas before me there's <laughs> there's there's always someone dreaming before I'm dreaming or even begin mm. to dream. So I just won't get him. Like, it, it just won't happen. And, you know, if they get him and that's great, good for them. Yeah. That's the way I view it. Like, it's fine. I, I don't play that way. I'll, I'll wait in the season. And then, you know, if someone does come up in season and I'm able to bid for them in fab, then fine. I'll, I'll just do that. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, another player that intrigues me. I'm just gonna. Th- well, just because of where he's going, he's not. A, he's not a, a young guy or a new guy, but you know, someone that's very low this year is um, Gregory Polanco, uh, the Pirates, who I I drafted last year and won the leagues. This is why I kind of took a bit of an interest in this. And you know, he's he's got some. You know, he's had a good career. Uh, you know, up to last year and a speed threat and everything like that. And just last year was, you know, health rode him off for most of the year. So, but he's now really late, I think. What, what's your thoughts on him, mate? Value there, perhaps? Yeah, maybe, but it's it's a concern that it's his shoulder and it feels like it's lingered for like over a year now, this, yeah. this, this problem. So I don't think the steals, <laughs> the steals are not coming back, really. Um not with a bad shoulder like that. So I think the speed's done. And then I'm just not sure who he is. I think it's going to hurt his abilities. I, I, To me, it's too risky, I think. Um, may, maybe still some power there. And yeah, he, he could be all right. But I think there's probably other people that I'd rather take a chance on than, than him. He's just a bit too banged up. Yeah. Well, speaking of, of speed... And perhaps diminishing speed. Maybe that's not fair, but just just talk to me about Malik Smith. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, last year did he top the league in steals? I think he did. Um, let me just check now. What did Malik Smith have? I don't know, forty odd it was anyway. Oh, of course, can't find it. But anyway, I think he had fifty odd actually. It was more like um, what did he have? Uh... 51, but that might have... He got sent down for a while, though, didn't he? Did he? And maybe some of them were down in AAA or whatever, but... Um, Either yeah, way, but... ton of steals, mate. But the reality is, I, I, I'm not sure he's going to be playing as often this year. I'm, I I don't know. I, what's, your, what's your view on Malik's, mate? I guess he doesn't... I mean, he's a one-category one guy, really, at best, and if he's not playing, then his, his main category is just going to go down. So. He's just a speed guy. I mean, he's there's no power. He's not no. really going to hit for a great average. Uh, everything seems to be declining. He doesn't hit the ball hard. He doesn't say walks. He's not good at making contact. His his batting average is low. It, it's not. I think it's not a profile that I <laughs> again let someone else sort of <laughs> say, I need the speed, because they forgot speed earlier in the draft, and that's usually what happens. Like, some yeah. someone realises, like, three-quarters of the way through that they don't have any speed, and then they take Smith, and that bums out their power as well, so now they suck at everything. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm just about at that, that stage in... in my uh, TGFBI draft, yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm asking a question. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I've given you the solution. Don't do it. I'm I'm not going to do it, mate. 
I'm not going to do it. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait really, really deep and uh, get Monte Harrison, and he'll be there. He'll be there starting centre field and steal <laughs> steal a ton of bags. <laughs> this is not going to end well. Uh, I don't know why I do this part. <laughs> <laughs> you love it, mate. You love it. Come on. Come yeah, on, I do. Have you got any more for me, or are you as deep as you want to go? Well, the only other name that... Uh, well, have you got any others, mate? Because mine are... Mine are always a bit too left field, pardon the pun, but um, who else have we got here? Um, there's, there's guys like, um, I mean, it depends how deep you're going. Again, how many outfielders have you got and stuff, um, and whether you're in OPS or not. But, you know, uh, maybe like Mike Tauschman on the Yankees. I mean, we mentioned already that... Um, well, they haven't got any players left, so yeah. They've got no one left, and, and Tauschman, I think that, you know, not loads of power and not loads of speed. I'm not saying he's like a going to be a 2020 guy or anything, but yeah, I don't think he's going to kill your average. And if he plays on a good team every day, then that seems like a better risk than someone like Gregory Polanco, for example. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's someone. Um, Can I just just to talk about Yankees, mate? Just you've reminded me. Um, did did you see? I'm pretty confident I saw uh, Anduha was playing out at left field for the Yankees last week at some point at spring training. I, I'm wondering if, you know, and, and Duhar last year was, you know, there was plenty of helium, uh, to coin your phrase again, mm-hmm. plenty of helium around his name and got injured and missed most of the year pretty much. And, and now is, I don't know, ADP of 250 or 300 or something. But with the injuries that are maybe racking up there at the Yankees and the capability or the ability is there, could he be a huge, huge sleeper opportunity? Um, yeah. No. <laughs> it's not bad. He, he's still young enough. Um, no, actually, it's not, it's not a bad shout at all, mate. Um, he's a, the surgery is obviously a concern, but he does make a lot of contact. Um, it's fairly hard contact. Um, it's hard to know with a year out. It, that That is the concern. It's hard to know whether he's just going to come back and be the same guy. But he's young enough to be the same guy. And if he refines... Oh, and if he does play every day, then yeah, that, that is a value, I think. Yeah, no, I think that's a good one to, uh, to point out as a, as a nice one for listeners to keep an eye on. Oh, there we go. There we go. Um, I've got one. That's one out of five. Um, right. You've probably got a couple more. I'm just gonna throw my last question out to you, mate. You Please cover do. who you want to. You cover who you want to cover, and then we'll round it off, okay? Um, so, put your auction hat on now, mate. And as you know, we're we're together uh, very soon next week. Um, doing an in-person auction, which I'm I'm looking forward to doing. Yeah, um, it should be great. Most of the content that we've put out on this podcast is primarily focused on draft positions and value within draft spots and so we haven't focused a lot on auction values um i think what we'll do is we will have an auction type podcast where we maybe talk through how to value players and how to go about doing auctions but that's that's for later down the line anyway i'll stop waffling on the question i'm going to ask you mate this is my final one the auction value that lewis brinson should go for is uh, left on waivers. <laughs> I mean, what? You'd have to... 
What do you so, want? What do you want from me? It's not even on my rankings. Like, what? What do you, what do you like? What do you like? Is why would you do that to yourself? I'm taking him for at least a dollar. He's yeah, all getting... yours. Um, yeah, he's. It's just not. It's not for me that. Um, and I prefer Evian anyway. So um, now let's move on to some late flyers, as you said. I, I'm going to give people just a few more. Just just start thinking about value. You know, we mentioned the other day Willie Calhoun is a good guy that's quite interesting, and I can't quite recall who we compared him to, but you asked me about someone, and I said, well, that's just Willie Calhoun, so just wait for him. Um, so the point being that there are there's always these little moments where you might be disappointed to have missed out on someone, but you suddenly realize, actually, hang on a second, that's not a disaster because I've just missed out on Fran Mill Reyes, as we said, but actually I'll take a picture now instead. I'll, I'll just pivot and I'll wait for Kyle Schwarber or Hunter Renfro or someone like that, Chris Davis even, Crush Davis as we they call him now, who had a terrible season last year but is still a guy that can – hit a load of home runs so chris date i mean he's dh only in most leagues but there's a there's a guy to to look out for who yeah he's not going to hit for great average but he never did like <laughs> don't know what people are like oh no chris davis he only hit 220 last season it's like yeah <laughs> like what what do you yeah. think that he's going to hit like all right he might have hit 230 or 240 if he'd got a bit luckier um, and that, that'd be great, um, but that's who he is. So he's someone to look out for. I've just mentioned Hunter Renfro. Um, Tom Pringle was panicking that he didn't have enough power um, on in TGFBI, and unfortunately he didn't get Renfro, but he had his eye on Hunter Renfro, which is a great value guy um, in Tampa now who's probably going to be a 30-plus home run here. Again, with a low average, but just know... You've got to know the player pool. You've got to know... Ah, God, I missed out on this guy, but not to worry. There's a guy in three rounds that I can take the... All right, I don't think he's as good, but he's quite similar, and that's where the value now is. So have the ability to pivot and 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 just go with the flow. Yep, make, well, makes sense, mate, but the key to that is knowing, knowing the pool, <laughs> yeah, particularly as you get deeper, right? The key is to know the pool, of course, and to know who's going to get playing time. And it's like you can get really excited about someone like Garrett Hampson if you wanted, because if Garrett Hampson plays every day, he can steal 40 bases. Like, there's no doubt about that. In my, if, if they let him play every day in Colorado, he's probably going to steal 40 bases. And he's a good hitter, makes decent contact, good plate skills, not loads of power, but decent but you've got to know that he's probably not going to play every day. So you've, you do have to, you just have to know um, the reality of a situation um, and, you know, compare skills. So, um, I mean, what's some great examples? I like guys as well, as I've mentioned on teams that are not exciting. So, we talked about the Marlins, but how about the Orioles? No, no one likes the Orioles. The Orioles stink. Terrible. Um, now, actually, interestingly, if I had to choose an American League team to to 
to be Baltimore because I visited. I love it. I I, I love the city and the, the Inner Harbor area is great. And I love the orange uniforms and I love the bird and I love everything about Baltimore. And I love Austin Hayes as well. So there, there's a name because, again, not going to be a great average guy. You have to know that. But he does have power and he does have a little bit of speed. And he's young enough to make adjustments and really explode and become become something that he hasn't been yet. And, and just because he hasn't been it yet doesn't mean that he can't be it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do, mate. That's big call as well. I like it. And you're right. I think we've already spoken on, on other episodes that you do get value on on players that are on, for want of a better word, shit teams. And, um, you know, they're good players, but, you know, for whatever reason, they're either on shit teams or on on smaller market teams. This year, it's normally Miami, Baltimore and Detroit. So they're the three that people really hate. And some some of it's obviously fair. They'll be running RBI issues, but... Not mm-hmm. so much so. Like when you're this low in the outfield pool, you're not really gonna find a guy that's gonna be like hitting cleanup or leading off. Usually, um, if you do, maybe take him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I guess that's what it comes down to. Just to maybe summarize it, it's you know playing time. You know, do do they have do they have the plate appearances equally? Where are they where are they going in the lineup? Do they have the opportunity to? Drive in runs, or you know, to, to steal some bases. Let's say, depending on their profile. So, there's a few things to weigh up. Even if they are on shit teams, if they're you know towards the top of the lineup and they're playing every day, you know, they they're gonna they're gonna help you in 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 some categories. Um, there's no doubt about it. Just just the way baseball works, and some of them are just pure counting stats, and they'll just happen. So there's a great pick. So TGF, I'm looking now. I'm coming up in about three picks. TGFBI and. They've gone pretty early on the guy, but I was looking at him, thinking I'd get him later. Um, Shogo Akiyama for Cincinnati. Um, a little bit of a concern that he might end up platooning with, like, Philip Irvin or someone like that. But, it, oh, I mean, Akiyama's coming from abroad, so he's a little bit of an unknown quantity. He's um, He's definitely someone that is hard to predict but it appears that he's when he does play he's probably going to lead off for Cincinnati and I think he's got a decent by ball profile seems to make decent contact when he was in Japan and there's a little bit of speed there as well um and sometimes just a little bit of speed's all you need because when you lead off they they sort of give you the green light and try to get you doing it a bit more so I think he's a nice upside play because again you're going to be leading off and Where's he yeah. just gone there? He's gone in the 17th round of a 15-team um, league, so like 250th overall or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's in, in many leagues, that is that is pretty late. Um, just, just to round it off then, mate, let's let's help you. Let's let me help you. That's because I've already helped you with your team. Uh, with that, you know, you've had, you've taken Seager. I gave you that breakout alert. Woo, woo, woo. And um, you know, you took him. Where you th- where's your heads at, mate? For for the next pick, who who you're looking at? What you're thinking? Oh uh, yeah, so I I think it's probably I'm on I'm actually on the clock. There you go. Um, so it's just come round to me amazingly, and 
I'm pretty interested in taking a picture now because I only have four pictures, starting pictures, and it's getting pretty thin out there. <laughs> it's get, yeah. getting a little scary. Um, and I see, I think I've got whip pretty much under the bag, but I don't have loads and loads of Ks. And so I'm, I'm looking at Joey Lucchese for San Diego or maybe Josh James for Houston. Um, yeah, so they're the guys that I'm thinking about. Oh, interesting. Josh James, that's an interesting name. Again, helium name a few years ago because is he in the rotation? Is he not? You know, if he's in the Astros rotation, you know, great opportunity. Um, didn't quite work out for him and ended up, did he get hurt and then maybe just ended up as a bullpen piece last year? Is that right? Was he, where's uh, yeah. he up to? Yeah, that's right. Um, but there's a little bit of a, a whisper that you will get the fifth starters job. So, okay. Yeah, well, I don't, beware the, the, of that one, mate. I, I was told that two years ago and drafted him pretty high. Oh yeah, Josh James, he's in the driving seat for the fifth spot, and then didn't get it. Then it was basically just a throwaway pick because he yeah, was. It, it is the concern. Um, the thing with James is, if he does get it, then he you really could get like. 12k per nine because he, he's a strikeout guy um so he he's an upside guy and and sometimes i'm more willing to do that with pitchers late because um they're kind of it's kind of not even though i do think it's getting pretty dicey out there and there's not loads left there will be people on waivers as the season starts you, you will find that there are people on waivers even in tgfbi i mean last season I got Frank, Frankie Montas on waivers um, for f- like five dollars, like which is like next to nothing out of a one thousand dollar budget, and he turned out to be like my second best pitcher of the whole season. So it does happen. Yeah, yeah, it does. Hey, in that range, mate, there's not uh, there's not Chris Archer knocking around, is there? You want some you want some strikeouts? <laughs> no, Chris. Chris went a little a uh, little earlier. I'm not. I, I'm not so sure that, yeah, he'll give you the strikeouts and maybe ruin everything else, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll see. It's probably going to be Joey Lou Chasey, to be honest, and that'll make Tom Pringle happy. So let's um, let's, uh, let's end it on that, shall we? I'm going to take a Padre. There you go. There's no better way to end it than that. So, Ryan, that's it. That's part two done. Outfield is done. We are, we've been to the top, we've been to the middle, we've been to the bottom, we've ended on a Padre. I mean, perfect, perfect podcasting. We'll be back next week with relief, pitchers, closers, blown saves. You you want it, Bob Bamba's going to give it to you. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to hosting and facilitating that conversation, that is for sure. So what I say to the listeners, this is your time. It's the most volatile position. Please, please, please get in touch. Give us your questions, your thoughts, um, and uh, and Ryan and Bob will will tackle them. I'll facilitate, and uh, it should be a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And then um, you know from there we've we've got some other other fun podcasts lined up. So stay tuned for them. Uh, but until until then, and until the relief pictures, uh, we'll be back very soon. Keep the questions coming and uh, speak soon. Thanks, guys. <laughs>